turned off our distractions today. So, you know, the phone could ring, <laughs> doors could open, who knows what's going to happen. That's all good. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am delightful. I had a nice weekend and uh, made it through. Made it through. Made it through your weekend. Yes. Oh, right. You had a performance. Yeah, the soiree, which I was asked to do like almost a year ago. Uh-huh. And six months ago, um, it was funny because I ended up there like, would you be part of it? And I was like, sure. You know, no problem. I think, you know, do a couple songs. No big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't realize they meant for me to like organize all of the entertainment. It. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. I'm like, oh. And so six months ago when I found that out, I was like, oh, hmm, I should probably get on that. Totally didn't because it was the middle of Avenue Q rehearsals mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And um, yeah. So last month I asked, asked a bunch of friends and they were like, sure, be happy to. <laughs> So, and how did it turn out? Um, really good, really good. Had a great time. Um, you know, I got to do a bunch of songs that you never get to perform uh, because they're not part of musicals or anything. And mm-hmm. I'm like, hmm, it was fun. It was fun. How was the turnout? Actually, really good. I think good. they almost ran out of seats for people. You nice. know, Benny's isn't that big of a place, so where did they publicize it? Um, they sent out actual uh, postcards to people. Hmm. Wow. So. Yeah, and that was for sure. RMDC. Yeah, Rocky Mountain Development Council. It was for the Rocky Mountain Youth Resources, which is their um, the children's homes mm. the, for teens. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, good thing all around. And it sounds like they need some support right now, so that's great. Yeah. Uh, well, and yeah, what's funny is that you think about you know there are kids in foster care in the, the wards of the state, and um, you know foster care works for some kids, but you also hear the nightmares of foster care and. Um, you know, this is an alternative for those kids because they all tend to be wards of the state. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is an alternative where they're living in a group home, but they have people that care for them and support them and teach them the skills that they'll, they need in their life, and uh, which is a really good thing. So, you know, yes, they need the support. Legislature, get your act together. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, that was right. fun. And it was a little stressy last week. And on Thursday when stressy. I woke up, it, well, it was. <laughs> on Thursday I woke up and I had a headache and I had a sore throat. And I was like, oh, this will not do. So I stayed in bed. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm like, I'm staying in bed. I'm not talking to anyone. I don't like you people anyway. Mm, <laughs> I would like soup and a puppy. <laughs> Did you get either? Uh, I had the puppies. but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so that was fun. And then um, Friday actually felt much better. And Saturday was nice. Did a little rehearsal. And um, everybody was phenomenal. And I can't thank the people that sang with me. Who were the enough. performers? Um, Julia Porter, Abby Nyhoff. Uh, Susie Wilkins, uh, Pam Ponich, and Katie Wright, and John McClellan, and then Fred Cobb, oh, and Raleigh song, sang as well, and then Fred Cobb was our accompanist, and Fred also sang a couple songs, and Fred's phenomenal. He's just, he's such a talent. It's so great to work with people like that, so hmm. can't thank them enough. And Pam Ponich, do you know Pam? I don't. She uh, works for... Um, uh, Pink to Town Peak is this weekend. Who's that for? Uh, Florence Crittenden. Home. Thank you. Uh, she works for them. Um, her husband's Andy Hunhausen. Hmm. So, uh, you know, so we had some spectacular local political celebrities <laughs> there as well. Well, that um, usually helps get yeah. people in the door. So it was fun. It was fun. It was a good, it was a good fundraiser. It was a fun thing to do. And well, if it was that good, now you're going to be like known around town as somebody who can put together a soiree. So you'll probably get other requests. I know. Well, I should charge for it. Is what I'm supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'll put, I'll do it, but I can't do it for free because it's a lot of work. Ten percent of profits. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it is. I don't know about 10%. I mean, five three. The big thing is, is like, it's not that much work on my part. Cause once I ask somebody to do something, I'm kind of like, eh, pick a song. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a lot of work on Fred's part. Cause he was accompanying everyone and mm. he's super talented and can sight read really, really well. So he's just sort of sits down and, and can do it. Mm-hmm. 
and he follows along with the singers because he's worked in the theater for a long time, and so he's just really phenomenal. But that's that's such a rare talent, and it's such a skill to have that we should really pay for it. Mm-hmm. So you know, anybody who does ask me in the future this warning, <laughs> you will have to put up some money. Hmm. That's the way it goes. You have to give up money to make money. Sometimes. Exactly. How was your week? Um, let's see. Last week was, you know, continued to be exhausting on the legislative front. Um, I made a decision last week to really refrain from nighttime events. I think we recorded last Monday and I went to the Human Rights Network um, Film Festival. And by the time I got out of the films and the reception was starting, I was just like, oh, my gosh, I'm so tired. So um, and of course, it was a holiday. So I was already bitter that everybody else was like chilling out on Martin Luther King Day and I wasn't. But um, and then there was at least a night event every day last week. And I just sort of. I think over the years of being up at the legislature, I've realized how important it is to sort of try to maintain some balance in your life and get a break, not only from the hours, but also from the people. Like, inevitably, the same people I see all day at the Capitol are the people that are at the evening receptions and events. And so I basically just decided not to do any, like, evening events. So Hmm. for this session, if I have to go to an evening event, I will. Otherwise, I'm going to take that time off and you know, use it to enjoy the other things I have in my life. Um, but one exciting thing was last Tuesday. I don't know if you made it, but we had the, um, Roe v. Wade anniversary rally. Right. I saw it. I did not actually make it over to the Capitol because my week kind of blew up. Yeah. It's the, it was the 40th anniversary of that Supreme court decision, obviously that granted, uh, reproductive choice for women. And I was the MC of the rally, which is always fun because there was, you know, a couple hundred people there and have to try to keep the speakers moving and everybody always talks longer than you ask them to, but right. You have two minutes, right? Um, <laughs> nine minutes later, <laughs> but for whatever reason, I'm pretty good at emceeing things. Cause I, you know, can say things off the cuff and try to keep the crowd going. So that was a really great event. And we had lots of good speakers, great turnout. Um, Lieutenant governor Walsh spoke first and some other activists and, um, it was just a great opportunity to bring people together. What I love is I look out on the crowd and, you know, there's women who are, you know, obviously in the graying years and who've been working for reproductive rights for 40 years. And then there's young women and women in between and men. And it was just really great. So that was the highlight of my week last week. Otherwise, you know, basically just did the legislative thing and tried to take it easy in the evenings. And then this past weekend, everybody I know is sick or, you know, in some sort of state. So I had a pretty <laughs> quiet sort of state of sickness. <laughs> yeah. or Montana. We don't right. Know. Tired, sick, whatever. And so I spent most of the weekend tending to loved ones. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw somebody post about having the man flu and mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I know exactly what that is. I don't what even that know is. what that means. <laughs> I do. It, it means it's so bad. All you can think is you want cartoons and soup and you're going to lay on the couch <laughs> and whine all day. Yeah. <laughs> so every, like I said, everybody around me has been sick and I've, 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 you know, over the years become a pretty good nurse. So take good care of the people around me. No, that's good. Um, and you haven't gotten sick yet. I haven't. Well, I have been overdosing were, on vitamin C. Yeah, and, and you stuff, were sick so. in November, so you oh, don't yeah. get to be sick. You brought yeah, it. I it's, feel like, it's your plague. <laughs> exactly. Um, I did the plague back in November, December, <laughs> so I'm really hoping to avoid it, but we'll see. I think everybody thinks they have the <coughs> flu, and some people do have the flu, but a lot of people just have this really bad cold mm-hmm. that um, they think is the flu, and then it's not. So anyways, I spent most of my weekend doing that. I did go to a great movie on Friday night, um, Silver Linings Playbook. Oh, really? You heard about that one? I heard about it. 
I I've heard good things about it. I mm-hmm. have not been to see it. I yeah, movies just have been high on my list of things <laughs> to get to in the last. Couple well, we weeks. went to it on Friday, and unfortunately, we got there a little late and ended up in one of those front three rows where you're like this the whole time, and it feels <laughs> like the characters stepping on your face. But um, it was still good, and it's basically much more serious than I expected it to be. Mm. When you see the previews, you know that you know it's going to be this guy with sort of a um, angry personality, and he ends up falling in love or something. But it, it actually ends up being a movie about mental illness, and he has bipolar, and mm. sort of the family dynamics around mental illness. And it was a fascinating movie and very well done. And you know, for somebody who usually plays sort of suave good-looking um, characters. I can't remember the actor's name right now off the top of my head, but he did a great job. You know hmm. the guy from The Hangover? and uh, Bradley Cooper? Yeah. So ah. Bradley Cooper's the star. Oh. And then the woman from Hunger See, Games. But And he's hmm. much more... He's just... he. I mean, he literally looks like some dude from Philadelphia in this movie. Hmm. You know? So... Yeah. Well, Bradley Cooper, actually, he started... He The first time I, I ever saw him was on Alias, and hmm. he was the the best friend of uh, Jennifer Garner. And, you know, much more serious role. He right. had his comedic moments, but, you know, definitely a serious role. And then I see him in the movies. Like, I saw him in one horror flick, something about, like, the subway in New York where he had to <laughs> kill people. It was really creepy. Oh, boy. And then you see him in The Hangover, and you're like, this... He's actually a really good actor, so mm-hmm. I'm kind of impressed. Well, and I just feel like most of the movies he's done lately, he's super good-looking and charming and, like, you know, dressed to the nines and stuff. And in this movie, he's very much somebody who's, you know, struggling with mental illness and sort of what their life will be hmm. given this disorder. So it was a great movie. I would recommend it. Cool. I may yeah. have to check it out. Yeah. So isn't today also the, your roommate Zach Salinari's oh, birthday? Oh, yes. He we who will not be named. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my um, roommate Zach Slattery. Zach Slattery is um, turning 29 today. He's only 29? I know. Oh, he's a baby. And for those of us that have known him for a while, I first met Zach when he was 21. He had just moved to Helena. Wow. We actually worked together for a while and became friends and now have lived together for about six years. Wow. Um, and everybody finds our relationship very amusing. We're um, <laughs> like the old married couple. Basically, we might as well be 60 years old together and have lived together for 30 years because we go to the, like the grocery store, or we go shopping or whatever, and we're bickering in the line and in the aisles. And, you know, couples will literally come up to us and we'll be bickering. And the guy will look at him like behind my back and be like, mm, you know, you know, and the woman will look at me like, oh, can you believe men? And it's so funny because nobody knows everywhere we go. People think that we're like a married couple. And in fact, you know, we're both gay. We just like to live together. Um so I That's love our so relationship, perfect. and yes, we should sing him happy birthday. Hmm. Break happy it out. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Zach. Whose name shall not be named on this show. Happy birthday to you. In fact, we are getting pedicures this afternoon. That's how we honor That's birthdays. That's lovely. Yes. That sounds like fun. And even when we go to the pedicure place, like people, women will be sitting at the other... Um, you know, Stations. chairs and they'll look at me and I hear them talk to their friends and they're like, isn't that great? Like my husband would never come get a pedicure. Right. That's <laughs> uh, not her husband. <laughs> exactly. Her husband is Jen who's playing in the roller derby. Right. <laughs> so it's funny. So anyways, yes, it's his birthday today and we'll be getting pedicures. And it's fun. Fabulous. Oh, and it's also, he's 29 on the 29th. Mm, it's his what golden, does that mean? Golden birthday. 
is that special? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> it means he's one clip one step closer to thirty, which um, is great. Yeah, I've well, been thirty something for a while now. So. Well, it's it's funny because it's his birthday. It's also my friend John's uh, newest son's birthday. Aww. Born this morning at six in the morning. Did he have another son? So is this second? Yes, this is the second. Okay, this is Garrett congratulations, Michael John and, and Inga. Ingrid. Ingrid. Ingrid, um, Inga, whatever. <laughs> Close. I don't think you've met, oh, you met her once. I've met Ingrid. She also works at my dentist's office. Yes, she's a dentist, mm-hmm. and she's a very good one. Um, she won't be there for a couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and so, all is well on that front. All is well on that front. The baby is super, super cute. I'll show you some. Yeah, have we already later. been up there? Yeah. Wow. Um, tradition held very well. Um, when their first child was born, uh, I got a call. John's like, ah, Finnegan's here. Come meet him. And I'm like, okay. And I was here at work, so you know, I could skip over to the uh, hospital right. if I wanted to. I didn't. I drove. Um, <laughs> it's cold. And, uh, you know, so I He's met literally Finn. literally like three blocks from the hospital, I know. everybody. It's, it's pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I met Finn. He was about an hour and a half old when I met him. And I met Garrett. And he was about an hour and a half old when I met him. So wow. it was great. Finn. I like that name. Yeah. Finnegan, Jerome, and then Garrett Michael is the new little baby. And Garrett, had he he has a stink eye already. He came out with that sort of, I am not amused look. It <laughs> <laughs> happens. Totally cute, though. Super excited for them. So congratulations on having another wonderful little baby boy. That's awesome. So, you know, it's been a good day all around. Awesome. Been a lot of fun. Yeah, so what else is new? How has politics been? Because here's what I've been paying attention to in politics. I look at Twitter like every like four hours or so. This is so weird. And who are you? What I, happened to Kevin who was obsessed with politics? Well, but I haven't seen it. I haven't seen anything like the 516. Right. The bonding bill seems to be going the right direction, so I don't feel like I have to go over there and smack people upside the head. <laughs> Although I certainly will if they start to pull, like some of the Republican statements last night are making me a little nervous about that. And I need Tell to me about over. the bonding bill. I haven't been paying attention. Um, well, I mean, I know what it is. Right. But. It's, a, it's basically basically the same bill that was there before and Bullock is calling it his jobs bill which is a really smart thing to do mm-hmm. because it will create a lot of jobs and a bunch of Republicans are bitching because they're like well we shouldn't be borrowing money because that's exactly what it is it has to pass with three if we have money in the, the bank we should use that whatever. right well um, and you know they're bitching about it that's because it's taking out it money goes. right well and it's it's taking out a loan but interest rates are so low right now that if you take the loan out now and lock in that interest rate right and then, do we tell businesses to do the same thing? Like you can't build or grow until you have all the money in the bank. I mean, come on. Exactly. And you know, the whole thing is, is that are these things going to be revenue sources for the state? Well, some of them are. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, some of them are going to remove expenses from the state because they'll move things in there instead of into rented buildings. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a, it's it's a lot of good things that'll go. Is on. there a list of actual things they would build? Yeah, there's nine buildings in it. One of which is the new uh, museum for the historical society. Mm-hmm. There's a new building for the Missoula College campus. Good. Um, or the yeah the like, Votech version. Yeah, not for U of M. Right. It's for the Missoula College, um, which is great. Um, there's a bunch of other little buildings, uh, but I think of the nine, seven are on university campuses. Mm-hmm. There's seven of them are involved with higher ed, mm-hmm. um, which is smart because we haven't, I mean, I've been to funny thing, you know, I went to Montana state Republicans 20 years ago. Big fans of higher ed sometimes though. Well, but they're not big fans of anything, but the thing about, I don't understand about this is that they're like, well, t- you know, taking out the loan just isn't a good idea. Well, taking out the loan at the interest rates they're at right now is a super good idea. 
<laughs> because it's so low. At some point, you know, it's not like you spend the money all up front. It's not like you go, oh, $90 million, and then you just immediately write the check for $90 well, million. Well, and I think we should look back. You when was into- the last time Republicans didn't spend money on this same sort of way? Right. Well, last legislature when they didn't pass the bill. But, but before uh, that, I mean, there's plenty of administrations and Republican legislatures who have oh, supported, yeah. you know, building oh, yeah. well, infrastructure the way- and things like that. So mm. We'll get into the economic discussion in a minute, because one of the <laughs> things that's been driving me nuts on the national discussion is the economy, because people just don't get it. Mm-hmm. But that's a whole different story. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the, they needs to be passed. And it's a, it's got bipartisan support. It's got a lot of support. I think it has enough support that it should pass. So I haven't been really Well, there must be something different than last session. Yeah, we don't have uh, the firefight that started long before people even got to, to Inauguration Day, let that's alone true. on the floor. So... You know, hopefully it does pass. I mean, the same thing with the state pay plan. Like so far, it's looking much less contentious than it did last session. Well, and that's because a bunch of the Republicans got yelled at by their constituents who are affected by that. Who not only are the state workers, but the people who work with state workers and you know and live with them and know them. And you know, it affects everyone when you do that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so that one's going well. There's no five sixteen. Good. Um. There doesn't seem to be any, um, it, it, curse, it hasn't, it's not transmittal day yet. So, (laughs) yeah. And actually we just, I heard a, I got a text this morning from someone who basically said that there is a Republican. I haven't seen the bill draft yet, but so, you know, we talked last week about Facey's, Tom Facey's, Senator Tom Facey's bill coming out. That one didn't look like it was having any opposition. It's coming out of committee and going to hit the floor. Yeah. So so it passed seven, five, it'll likely be on the Senate floor tomorrow. And the big discussion in the executive action and in the hearing was that um, some Republicans wanted to amend the proposal so that you would leave the crime on the books but basically make it clear that um, it would be used to prosecute non-consensual sexual acts. But there's already that (laughs) it's called rapes. It's in a completely different area. Exactly. So I'm just the messenger here. So I'm trying to explain. Mm -hmm. They want to amend it so that the deviate sexual conduct will still be on the books. And we argue that there's plenty of other criminal codes that you can prosecute sexual assault of all kinds um, with same-sex people when it's non-consensual. But the Republicans, you know, they're using this as the way to oppose the bill. Instead of making it about them not liking gay people, they're making it about, you know, whether or not you can prosecute sexual assault. So... Has the bar come out and explained to them exactly how stupid they are? Well, the Prosecutors Association and others, you know, supported the proposal as is. They've been told. I mean, the Democrats So they're just being dicks. Yeah. Mm. So they didn't amend it in committee. That's the good news. The good news is that it did not get amended in committee. It'll go to the Senate floor. Basically, it's the Shockley Amendment from last session. So mm. Senator Shockley amended it on the Senate floor last year to add this language that would basically keep the law in the books but make it clear that it, you know— sort of addressed, quote unquote, the Supreme Court ruling. So long story short, it came out of committee. It looks like it's going to be fine. We haven't heard that there's going to be Senate amendments, but when it gets to the House, it'll either die or they'll try to amend it again. But what we heard today is that a Republican representative is introducing an additional bill that will um, somehow sort of enhance penalties for sexual assault, um, same-sex sexual assault. And, I mean, we'll wait until we see the language, which hopefully will come out in the next few days. But it obviously puts us in a ridiculous bind because, well, not even a bind, but it just, it's the kind well, of no, thing. And it's unconstitutional right. because our constitution doesn't allow you to. to yeah. But, you know, and that sex, has so many layers you know. that I could get into. But basically, 
the the premise of their argument is that somehow um the you gays know, are rapey that's what it is right. that's the, <laughs> the premise of their argument rapey. you always say things much more direct well because i'm not well here's I'm the not thing. a politician and i'm not a lobbyist i'm I not a politician call. either anymore right, but, but you're a, but you're a lobbyist yeah. and but and it's you're also far more politically correct yes. let's be honest because yes. you feel that at the end of the day people are going to judge your words based on how they were recorded. I feel at the end of the day, people are going to judge my words based on whether I hold them to be true. And that's not saying that you don't hold them to be true, right. but I want to be as direct and straightforward. So you know exactly where you are with me. Cause I think that's far more fair dealing with a personality like mine, which is, you know, I think I'm pretty unstable. direct. So I don't think we're disagreeing there, but I guess what I'm saying is that they want to try to say that male on male sexual assault is like the worst kind, right? They don't even talk about lesbians. They don't talk about women raping other women. They talk about That's men because they can't figure one. They can't figure out how it happens, and then when they visualize <laughs> it in their head, it's like lesbian porn with the right. long fingernails and doesn't look anything like what. I can't believe you're part. once again. You're making a rape joke, and I'm laughing. Oh I'm not God. making a rape joke. No, I'm talking you about know lesbian what I mean. porn. I'm talking about these. You're people. talking about lesbian rape, which actually does happen. Well, no, I'm sure it does, but they don't have any concept of how. Yes, I they, know. I mean, they I can know. barely. It's because they don't understand lesbian sex right and and what they see as lesbian sex is what they've seen in porn which they've watched far too much of and then <laughs> periodically a dick shows up and they get all sorts of squiggly about it so anyways the concept that somehow male on male sexual violence is way worse than anything else is completely they've demeaning. been watching oz right and it's also completely <laughs> demeaning to like you know years and years and years and millions and millions of women who have been raped yeah well it's, and it's as if it's ridiculous. worse right well, it's, it's completely ridiculous to put a a generalized stamp of what's worse when you're talking about rape. Right. Rape is horrible. Rape is horrible, there is, period. Ra- it doesn't matter. It's just fucking horrible. Right. So there's going to be a proposal uh, that basically tries to keep the law well, in the books, well, I hope but makes that, like an enhanced that, penalty. I kind of hope that, well, I hope that Amanda Curtis would do it because it'd be funny to watch her say it, but, mm-hmm. you know, somebody needs to call them out and say, look, the, the gays aren't more rapey than anyone else. <laughs> Well, you'll have to pass that along to her as a I suggestion. Will. Or even Jen Gursky could be oh, yeah. like, gays aren't more rapey. Exactly. Um, but, so we're going to have that hearing, and I'm going to have to talk about, like, you know, why this is a messed up idea. But, you know, I mean, they literally think that somehow rape is so, more significant. But, but I guess the real argument that you would put to that is go, well, when your daughter gets raped, just make sure you tell her that her rape wasn't as bad as if she had a penis. Right. Exactly. That's actually that's, good. I'll say that. That's exactly what they're saying. Is yeah. that if your daughter had a penis, the rape that she suffered would have been worse. Right. Yeah. And you heard Dallas Erickson in the hearing. He was just like, you know, when a young boy is assaulted by an older man, like the lifetime scars and yeah. Yeah, lifetime ho- scars but it's not somehow different or worse, or worse or whatever i mean yeah it makes them question their sexuality often but that's true for everybody mm-hmm. i mean you question all kinds of things when you've been assaulted so right. it's just offensive to me that they try to make it out like it's worse not well, because and, it isn't absolutely and what's horrible, more offensive to me is worse. that they then hide behind the catholic church yeah hmm. Hmm. rape central <laughs> <coughs> Hmm. Sorry, I have to say it. It's the truth. If the Catholic Church wants my respect again, they have to root out their problem. And mm-hmm. their problem is they have made it rape central. If as many people, and this it's is like Dan Savage's rap, thing. Rape capital? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, you know, if uh, Dan Savage had pointed out that if children got raped at IHOP as often as they get raped at the Catholic Church, we already we would have burned every fucking IHOP to the ground already. That's true. So the fact that the Catholic Church has any respect at all in this society is beyond me. Mm-hmm. It's beyond disgusting. Mm-hmm. And that these people 
people who can't get over the gays are some are hiding behind the Catholic Church like it's got any moral ground to stand on are idiots. Mm-hmm. That's all there is to it. <laughs> and, and Dallas Erickson, go to hell. Sorry. That's all there is to it. Go to hell. Visit your friends. Stay. Yeah, it was interesting that Harris Himes wasn't even... I heard you. Um, I actually listened to the Politic Tick Boom with Nicholas Schwaterer. Mm. And... Um, I heard you being like, God, what's that guy's name? What's that guy's name? What's that guy's name? And then at the end, you're like, Harris Himes. I was like, yes, he wasn't even there this time. Literally in all my successions. Yeah, well, I've heard, the that there, I heard that there is a, a reason. Well, yes. The rumor that I've heard is there might actually be a warrant for him. Right. And, you know. Which, I mean, that's delightful. But why don't they just arrest him? Because it can't be that hard to find. I don't know. He's probably locked up somewhere with all of his warrants. Anyways. <laughs> 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 So, and I'm the evil one. <laughs> so it's so great not to have him because usually it's Dallas and him and they get nasty. And this oh, time it was just people. Dallas and, and then the guy and from Jeff, Family Foundation being like, meh. And Jeff Lasloffy, I haven't heard any of his radio shows lately. Um, I think I've heard one. <sighs> no, I've heard about We'll half see if of he one. calls us tired this time. <clears throat> yeah, the only thing that's tired are his arguments. <laughs> and um, But his daughter has been rather more progressive and less loony than I expected. Um, so yeah. she seems to be working with people pretty well. I haven't heard anything bad yet, which I was really surprised about. So, yeah, I mean, I think that we still, it's yet to be seen what she's going to do on some things. So obviously she's on house judiciary and house education. And yesterday in house education, we actually had the bill where um, parents would have to opt in their kids to sex ed and it would be mandatory all over the state that basically kids couldn't have any sort of, um, sexuality, education, um, <laughs> sex That'll ed. be good. Have we shown Your them the syphilis map? In, right. So, and she's obviously going to be very conservative on that. And there was something also in House Judiciary that she voted on the other day. So I think she's not being very vocal, but I think, mm. you know, anybody who doesn't think she's ultra conservative like her dad is fooling themselves. So Yeah. Well, but ultra conservative and vocal is worse. Right. Ultra conservative, and you keep it well, to so yourself. Far, she's also new, right? So right, and you know the session will bring out the crazy at some point. Yeah, hopefully not in her. Right. <laughs> so we did have a good hearing on that yesterday. It was great. There was like uh, I don't know, maybe forty or fifty kids that came down from uh, between Missoula and the Planned Parenthood Teen Council here in Helena. There was at least fifty kids there hmm. ready to testify, and they took up most of the time, which was great. The other side also was having their. Um, school choice day and i don't know if you heard but uh the family foundation organized this yeah and they were big rally and they were wearing yellow scarves jamie mentioned that there was some sort of uh friend of the show jamie greer mentioned (laughs) that there was some sort of significant historical significance on those scarves but i have no idea what it is i don't know either i saw that on facebook "Hmm." but yeah so they all had yellow scarves and there was plenty of them there because at the same time that this hearing about sex ed was happening Right afterwards was the basically like school choice tax credit thing, um, uh, which was ruled unconstitutional by a federal court uh, right. over the Louisiana area because what they pointed out was that if you have a school that does not follow the state regs, mm-hmm. it can't get state money. Mm-hmm. So, hmm, interesting. It is. So they're fighting hard on that. I think that you know. Um, Charter schools and that whole school choice, quote unquote, is going to be one of the biggest issues of the session. Yesterday, I think, was just one of many bills that will be going forth. So, right. It seems to be one of the priorities of the conservative Republicans. Mm. You know what I also think is interesting? Hmm. Um, so, I've been watching um, Senate education quite a bit. 
Uh, Superintendent Juno has a bunch of bills such as to raise the um, dropout age and... Yeah, what, was it really raising the dropout age to 19? 18. 18. So, it so you'd have to be an adult is, to drop yeah, out. Yeah, so it's currently 16 or blah, 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 some sort of equivalent, like, it's, year in isn't school. It, well, or isn't it 16 and or emancipation? No, it doesn't say that. I mean, obviously, emancipation is one of the ways that somebody can give themselves permission to get out of school. But I think it's compulsory attendance up to 16 or 8th grade, which I really didn't understand. That's what I read the bill the other day. So somebody <laughs> would have to correct me on that. But basically, 16, and um, she wants to raise the age to 18. And the bill almost made it out of committee, but it was tabled yesterday. Mm. Um, they tried to amend amend it so that a parent with parent permission you could drop out between the ages 16 and 18. It was kind of a weird argument because they were saying how like troubled kids without parents would be better served in school. And I'm like, but if they don't have anywhere to live or food to eat, then they might have to earn some money, you know? Right. <laughs> so anyways, it's complicated. And, but... and since you Republicans aren't going to fund the social services that would take care of them. Exactly. You don't get one or the other. that's not going to yeah. work. I also feel like for me personally, like obviously I support the concept of increasing the dropout age and support Denise's, you know, hard work on it. But I actually feel like you have to work at improving the education system because some of the reasons that 16 to 18 year olds drop out is because either they're not being challenged or they um, aren't being taught. Like, you know, you look at high schools and there's lots of kids who are sort of outside of the norm and they just sit in the back of the classroom and nobody does anything with them. So, of course, you're going to drop out if nobody's like engaging you, engaging you. And so then you have alternative high schools and that kind of stuff. But I've learned a lot about that system recently, and I really think that it needs to be improved. So, well, one of the things that I think is interesting, and I just found this out, I didn't realize this, having working with, the, having been working with the schools for as long as I have, I think I would have known this earlier, but uh, Montana Western has block uh, classes. Mm -hmm. So you have like three weeks of history and that's your entire year of history. And then you have three weeks and that's and it's how English alternative and schools often. Work and too. I, if I had known that I would have gone to an alternative school in a heartbeat because that's how I think I like to get a subject, get into it as deep right. and as far as I can learn everything I done. can about it, yeah. take my test and move on with my life. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, like if one of the high schools restructured that way in Helena, so they had a standard high school and the block high school, yeah. I would say that would be a great thing. Yeah. And because I mean, imagine you get into a class and your, your first day in that class, you realize that it's not something that you really want to do, but you're eight hours you into it. For the next five months. Yeah. But you're at that point, you're at least, you know, you've only got two more weeks. Mm -hmm. It's like, how is this not right? Plus, the other thing is, if they do that, they, they restructure the days. They have to go three weeks, but that gives them Fridays off from class. So mm -hmm. that could be Friday can always be the extracurricular stuff. So you have choir, orchestra, football, all that mm -hmm. stuff happening on Friday. And they're not missing class. Mm-hmm. You're not taking people out of class, and everybody can be involved in those things that you Aren't really need so to be doing. so many ways we could make the education system better, though? Oh, I mean, uh, there are that's many. the thing is you need money. You well, need money to do but it. But you need money, so. and you also need the ability to just stand up and make that change, which mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, people aren't comfortable with change. One of the things that's happening with the Helena School District is, you know, the, the schools are all close to in town, mm -hmm. but a lot of the growth in the population is out in the valley. So you have kids that are literally on buses for two and a half hours to get mm -hmm. to school. Mm -hmm. That's a crime. I'm right. sorry. 
that's ridiculous. There's no podcast in the world interesting enough to make up for the five hours a day but they that you've taken out us. of this. Yeah, well, they should be. But <laughs> then, except for that, we swear. Um, and we're talking about politics, which they probably, you know, if you're over 16, go for it. Uh, but they five hours out of their day is taken up on a bus mm-hmm. and then another seven and a half at school. You know, you're talking a 12-hour day for these kids. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And it's because we have people in town that don't want... They have some nostalgic brouhaha with one of these buildings that was their school 100 years ago when they were 20. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. And it's also... And they won't let them close it. It's, it's an like urban sprawl thing where them. the more you move things out into the valley areas of whatever town, the less you kind of maintain the integrity of the in-town economy, so to speak, or the houses or whatever. So there's all sorts of right. Well, issues the, the other thing I don't is disagree with you. I think ideally you have another school, right? Right. It's like in Kalispell, they used to have this one massive high school and, and it was just like and ridiculous they split it and they finally two. split it and people have, you know, better geographic sort of breakdown right. and all but that. But it's not the high schools that are the problem. The high schools are funny because yeah. kids can drive. So the kids, you know, other than freshman year, for the most part, kids <laughs> do drive and they've mm-hmm. got huge parking lots around them and they do their own thing. It's the elementary schools that are the problem and you know we've got in north and south in helena if anybody's ever looked at a map we've got three streets that go east and west and we got two that go north and south <laughs> well we got a third one this year in, with the freeway mm-hmm. well if they put a school that was accessible by the freeway and by montana that avenue out like, there that made it sound like we just got a freeway <laughs> we kind of just did it I was know, useless you're before like, that you're like we had two now we got a freeway i just think it's about like all the people that might listen to this who don't live in helena and they're like "Ooh, helena finally got a freeway well we've had and really what we got was a freeway entrance exit right at the north <laughs> well, yeah. we've had the freeway that's always come into town but you couldn't use it for intertown traffic basically no yes so and now you can and it's one of my favorite things that happened in 2012 i know it's, it was great because Isn't not only bad? was it well oh my God. but think about it well especially it makes my life so much easier because i my partner lives in east helena i live in helena and the direct routes i can get there now are so much faster right and it's great because the construction went well. It was a great project. It was, it was done, done early, early, like three months early. Yeah. They expected it to go through September That's to open in July. It was great. That's because they had a bonus, you know? Like yeah, they had the bonus, which is if you, if you get done by this time, we're still going to pay you the amount that we would have paid God, you. God, if they would just do that on like highway projects and stuff. Well, it was a highway project. It was a state project. But anyway. you know what I mean. Yeah. So we are back to the schools. Uh, if they would just build an elementary school out north or even, you know, there's the, and I think it's, is it Rossiter? No. Mm-hmm. Is that the one that's out yeah. North Montana. It's well, there's a really another one out there. Too. Yeah, there's like two of them that are really small out there. If they just, were, you know, got bigger schools out there, built mm-hmm. a couple of things on there because they got the land. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the old, um, on North Montana, there's the old brick. Uh, it's the old. That's scary. Yeah. it's it, And it's never been torn down. Well, reclaim it. Yeah. I mean, use eminent I domain and be. take it back. Do you know? I believe it used to be a school. <laughs> Oh, it's pretty great. It's like this totally abandoned building. Yeah, it's actually I look at really it and I'm pretty. like, if I was like a, you know, rebel youth, I would totally live there. Um, <laughs> if this were New York 1980 and there was heroin yeah, involved. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so back to education. So this all started because I thought it was interesting. I was watching Senate Education the other day and Sandy Welch, the person who lost the superintendent of public instruction, mm-hmm. has been up at the Capitol every day, all day and hanging out with all the education committees. And she literally the other day was sitting behind the chairman. So, you know, mm-hmm. there's like the place where the committee members sit and this is in the big um, Supreme Court, old Supreme Court room. So right. that big um, 
area where they sit. And she was literally sitting behind the chairman and has been there every day. Like the reason is, that's is weird. Is she working as a secretary though? No, 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 no. That's the thing is like well, the committee also has staff. I know that's what like outsiders might not understand is it's significant that there's this person who, you know, doesn't Wasn't have an elected. official, yeah, doesn't have an official reason to be there. And especially behind that sort of bar between the electeds and the non. And she's sitting behind there nearly all the time. How? And very involved in education policy, which I just find interesting. I mean, obviously, that's what she cares about. But it's almost as if we have two superintendents of public instruction. One actually we got elected. Shadow, and the other one council. is, like, working with the Republicans to develop education policy. So I just thought it was one of those insider things. We talked so much about that race when it was happening. I just thought it was Well, and that was the closest race. Yeah. But you know, still, hmm, weird. That's yeah. very weird. I'd like to know how she got permission to be there. Well, probably maybe ask the, the chair of the committee, Sen- uh, Senator Peterson, former Senate president. Senator Peterson is the chair, so I'm assuming she has his permission in some way. Hmm. Yeah. So anyways, that bill to raise the dropout age went down yesterday. And the other thing that was the 19 thing is that apparently in Montana, we're the only state that doesn't. So how education funding works is school get money per student. Mm -hmm. They get like a flat rate and then they get money per student. Right. And apparently in Montana, if you have a student that's over the age of 18, so somebody who's like 19, you don't get get money for it. Which Which is dumb. Like, duh. Yeah. So that was another thing she was trying to fix. And I don't know what the status of that one is. Well, and that needs to be fixed. But the other thing, my mom actually came up with a great idea for education that, that would help both the university system and fix a couple of other things. Um, one, the university system would not be allowed to use any books that are sitting at high schools. Say I just that again? Okay, so I'll, I'll back up because I have <laughs> personal experience with this one. When I went to MSU, um, my science class that I dropped my freshman year um, was using the science book that I had used my junior year of high school. Weird. Not just weird, fucking insulting. I was pissed. I was livid. I was like, Do why are you using this people book? people come to school there having not gone to high school? Well, and that's just it. I was like, what is this? And they're like, well, it's a freshman class. We want to make sure that you're all cut up. No, I just graduated. <laughs> I graduated with A's in my There's science classes. There's a reason classes, I'm taking science. And this is unacceptable. So I dropped the class. And that was one of the arguments that I had with the administration. And I had many others. <clears throat> Shocking, I know. Was this at MSU? Yeah. Well, Is that of, where you got your undergrad? I didn't graduate. Oh. That's a whole different story. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But you went there for a time. I went there for three years. Um, And at the end of my freshman year, I was a senior, credits-wise. Whole different story as well. Oh, there's so much to learn. (laughs) Exactly. Well, when you take, uh, I think it was 28 credits my second semester. Because I had an independent study. So I had 12 credits. That was basically a half an hour where I shut up and bullshitted. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like that was my first clue that college really didn't have its act together. Right. Um, anyway, come to find out MSU and U of M are both using the same textbook that's used at Helena High and Capitol High right now for their freshman science class wow. for general science. That's unacceptable. Redundant. Because half of the students come from the state, the, schools, the right. state schools, the state buys textbooks it's not like the helena school district just buys wasn't textbooks like a, on their own they put in an order with the rest of the school districts right so they all get the same textbooks so they get a discount because it's bought in bulk so how is the so the, the first rule is the, the university doesn't get to use the same textbook the university should be the next grade level mm-hmm. right that's what it is if you need 
help with any of those courses. If you need to take a remedial math or remedial science or, God forbid, because you're a complete idiot, a remedial English course. <laughs> if it's your na- native tongue and you need to take a remedial course, we have to have a chat. Uh, but we also have to talk to the schools that right. somebody graduated no, wh- from high school. No, what happens at that point is college and not they're at English. college, but they have to go to the high school and the high school has to pay for their education because mm-hmm. they did not get it from them. Mm-hmm. So it would put the burden back on the high school to actually make sure they learn the stuff, not just pass the phony little tests. <laughs> well, that so, sounds like something to go to the Board of Public Education with. Well, it'd be one of the things just it should just be a lot. I mean, not Board of Public Education, Board of Regents and. Well, the Board of board Regents. Of Public uh, Education. Yeah, I, 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 I should be allowed to talk to the Board of Regents. <laughs> I didn't even I'd want love, to say it. I'd I have to, to actually, have I have to actually the, filter on, myself. I'd because if there's certain words I say, boom. you go off. <laughs> well, no, I'd like to have them on Politictic Boom. Not because I want to make them defend themselves, but because I want to find the people behind the acts that I consider so heinous and bullshitty. Well, then because you should go to the Capitol right now. I saw all of them this morning. They're doing their education funding requests. Yeah. You could just follow him around and be like, Clay Christian, tell me why. I saw him on the news last night, and I'm like, you're the head of the Higher Education Board of Regents. You said, um, six times in less than 10 seconds. <laughs> Learn to talk. Mm. <laughs> I miss the Practice previous... Practice your speech. <laughs> I miss the pre- previous commissioner. Sheila, she was great. Uh, fabulous. She was good. Cool. So anyways, that's what's happening. Yeah, so education seems to be going well. And there's gonna... Told oh, you. that's the phone ringing. Told you, people. <laughs> the phone would ring, somebody else will grab it. Or it'll ring three times. I don't know. Oh, oh they got it. Gone. Good. Um, so the other thing is there's going to be a lot of discussion this session about how to fund education. Um Oh yeah, it hasn't coal. really made it coal. to the We're media gonna do it yet. With coal. Yeah, it's going to be clean coal. Lou Jones is going to have a bill, and basically the education community, meaning MEMFT and um, Office of Public Instruction, are behind this particular pros- proposal. But it could end up being very controversial because basically, yeah, it's like completely directing the coal. Um, and oil and gas royalties and all that kind of stuff directly to education. Which right is now what they it's kind of to do. do this. Sorry, they do this loop to loop where it goes to the general fund and then it gets. This would be like an automatic transfer. At least that's what I've been told. Yeah, it's, and the it's supposed is, to remove it from the general fund, which is the way it was originally intended to be. True. The general fund was not supposed to fund education. Education was supposed to be funded from the lands. Well, and I still think that you're going to have to allow for the fact that there's going to be a need for general fund dollars. Oh, yeah. The, the general fund wasn't supposed to be the primary source. It was supposed to be the topping up source. But what the impact of all of that could be is that it ends up pitting the environmental community against the, the education, education community, community against the da-da-da-da-da. Well, here's so what I've got for the environmentals. <laughs> it'll and, be and, interesting to see how it plays out. And, and this is the thing. If you're going to make your case, make your case based on science and don't get hysterical. Because part of the reason that Uh, Climate change is such a pain in the ass to talk about right now is because everybody tried to make it this comforting word, global warming, because it was easy to understand that things were getting hot. (laughs) And that's not what's happened. What it has happened is we have unstable environmental air right now. And we end up with days like today where it started out at 21 degrees. But by 7 p.m. tonight, after the sun's been shining all day, it will have dropped to 7 degrees. That's good. Brilliant. And then we have things like Chicago, which had an ice storm on Sunday and is 62 degrees today. 
they tried to make it this hysterical Do you think our Earth issue. is rotating a different direction or what? No, I think w- what it is is because we've got so much pollutants in the air that things change dramatically where they used to be a little bit more consistent. And so we get these storms that, you know, they're bigger than they ever expected to be. We get these droughts that are longer than they were ever before. And, you know, the polar ice is melting. Yes, it is. And the seas are rising and a bunch of other stuff is happening. And the overall temperature is going up and they think, well, it's only one degree that it's gone up in the last year and a half. Yeah. But one degree on the surface of the planet is a lot of energy. That's trapped and being used. Yeah, plus where are we at in 30 years? Right. And, you know, I'll still be 30, around. 30 years from now, if we go up one degree a year, 30 degrees warmer every year, that puts our summer at 140 for a day. I better get you air conditioned installed now. <laughs> exactly. You'll be sitting in the what green, green grass like of Nome, Alaska. <laughs> what used to be an option in Montana will now be mandatory. Right. And the people in Arizona like will actually grow leather scales and, <laughs> and be able to warm themselves in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Much like their governor, Jen Brewer. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so you almost sounded like an environmental commie right there. Well, I kind of do. But here's the thing. I happen to think that, you know, and I look at coal and the technologies that are around coal. And I think there's two things that drive me nuts about it. One, um, and I should be careful how I structure this because I actually work with them a little bit. <laughs> but the energy oh, companies. being politically correct now, um, are you? <laughs> probably. Well, the energy companies that burn coal mm-hmm. need to upgrade their equipment. They bitch and moan about not upgrading their, you know, that well, we can't afford it, and then they don't pay any taxes. It's like, well, here's the deal. Upgrade your equipment so that it doesn't pollute as much. And, you know, every, and then the environmental scale, well, there's no such thing as clean coal. And it's like, well, yes, there is. Subaru has a plant that has zero emissions. It's completely run on its own it uses natural gas but all of the natural gas from the stacks all of the um the exhaust Mm -hmm. which it puts out and it puts out co2 and co is captured and run through a swamp where it's actually feeding algae the algae comes up feeds fish fish feed the whole circle of life and then there's a (laughs) monkey with a lion and the sun (laughs) simba exactly (laughs) Um, but you know, anyway, they built this whole plant. They built it as a concept because they wanted to see if they could do it. And then not only were they able to, to do like it, Lion King. well, probably <laughs> I'm a Disney freak anyway, but they, they built this plant and it not only has zero emissions, but it actually has negative emissions because they, the land around it is, you know, thriving. These plants are thriving. Therefore the animals that are in the area are thriving and it's private land. So there's no hunting, you know, so it, it gets a little mm-hmm. out of control every once in a while, but that they take care of, of one of my most favorite This American Life episodes. Did I ever tell you about that? Huh. There's a This American Life episode, and of course, I don't remember what it's about right now, but it was basically um, they did a, you know how, you know This American Life, they do mm-hmm. all these little stories and interview people. Ira Glass. And it was about, oh my god, I don't know what he looks like, but in my mind, he's an incredibly nerdy, attractive man. Oh yeah, he's adorable. <laughs> okay. So anyways, <laughs> they do a story and they basically interview people in Butte about the Butte Superfund site and these scientists who are studying some sort sort of something and the whole concept there was that that incredibly toxic material actually created like a new, a new form of life, life form right. and then that was it killed all the birds but then the birds poop or something or something it became then, sentient and, and built a rocket and we're all gonna die <laughs> but then the, the the birds who had you know decomposed their whatever then created some sort of solution to the water and it was cleaning the water it was just like fascinating stuff but all sorts of science that i just don't even try to understand but i think um some of those things happen by happenstance or by you know right evolution it does or whatever but i i, I agree with you that um 
I think it all comes back to investment. Are companies willing to invest enough to have to make it clean energy production and you know, still do it clean? And are we willing to hold them accountable to do so? Right. And you know? and we had an interesting thing with um, there was an, an, a development recently where somebody figured out how to capture wind power because they'd capture the wind power as and then put it into the rocks as heat. So that it would be a consistent source of ele- of energy hmm. to make electricity rather than an inconsistent source, which is the wind. That's a great plan. And it's, yeah, it's not as efficient as directly converting the wind to electricity, but it also isn't as chaotic. So, you know, it evens out what we need from the electrical source. You know, we have a bunch of people here in Helena, the coal protesters here in Helena that were arrested in the Capitol last year. They were complaining because the amount of coal that comes through town on the train was their concern. And there would be so much coal dust. Go down by the tracks, anywhere along the tracks, and, and preferably not at one of the intersections, but, you know, meet up there and walk down the tracks a little bit. You'll notice the rocks are still pink. If the coal dust was such a problem, they'd be black. You know how we know this? Because miners' lungs are black. <laughs> so if the coal dust was really an issue and the, the Kevin, trains have gone those up. those coal companies just go by and wash the rocks every night. Oh. It's like the gnomes that live under the cow. We have have coal gnomes that come out and sweep the rocks. Exactly. I don't know about you, but whenever I, growing up as a kid, I learned that when you drive over one of those cattle iron things. The cattle guards? Yeah, that you lift your legs up because the gnomes will get you. It's the same sort of concept. (laughs) That's why the rocks are red. Uh, it's all a conspiracy. Anyway, uh, it's, it's all a conspiracy. I'm so we'll my see. Tinfoil it hat. might be education versus environment, which is a whole lot of unions up against each other. And right, you know. but if they're smart and they go about it and say, "Okay, education <laughs> will get the funding, and uh, the mining needs to happen, and the coal needs to be extracted, but when it's used at a plant, it needs to go through a modern furnace that burns at a higher temperature, so it burns to CO two, not CO, mm-hmm. so that plants can use it. It's captured. It's run through a swamp, which creates which grows the algae, the algae feeds the fish, the fish feed the little uh, animals. Did you learn and... this in your freshman year of science? No, no, I learned <laughs> it in eighth grade. Do you people not know this stuff? <laughs> so um, I want to make one other point, which is that it's interesting how different I see things now as somebody who ran for office. Because mm. this whole issue about, you know, education versus environment, like I'm sure I would have been intrigued by it before but now that i understand how politics works all i can think about the fact is that you have two major political organizations that could potentially be working against each other and so it leaves legislators and people who know they'll run for office again in a really interesting bind because generally as a progressive you're trying to seek out the endorsement of organizations like montana conservation voters and other sorts of politically active environmental groups and you're also seeking out the endorsement of education and labor and union groups. And I found myself in that same situation this time where, you know, the labor union people, like the actual labor union, not just MAMFT, but, you know, AFL-CIO and those sorts of groups, Mm -hmm. they were asking me directly, like, do you support coal development? Because generally they support it because it means jobs. And then the Montana conservation voters were asking me, do you support, you know, will you say no to coal no matter what? And I had to be honest with both of them and be like, A, I haven't decided yet. 
I need to learn more. And I'm not saying that just as a pass. And B, I think it totally depends on the situation and what sort of regulations we're willing to put up around it, whatever. Right. But when I think about it, that like something so significant as this big education thing where you're really talking about dollars on the table, you know, the education community is like, you have to do this in order for us to adequately fund public education. And the environmental community is saying this is absolutely not a good idea and it will encourage da da da. And it'll just be really interesting to see how progressives deal with that tension because right. generally it's, it really sucks when you get kind of sandwiched in between well, those sorts of public interest groups. And I just see it differently it's now true. as a legislative candidate. It's, you know? it, it's true. And here's the thing that really bothers me about it though. People bitch about coal plants and yes, they are a problem if they are burning at a lower temperature and they release a lot of ash and they, they, they don't have sulfur filters and they do all that sorts of things. But we learned that lesson in the U.S. in the 70s. China's going to learn it quickly because Shanghai is getting acid rain so badly the glass is melting off buildings. Jeez. That's beautiful. But that's, you know, it's technology advances and we make it better. We have to hold those regulations in place that say you have to adopt this clean tech that makes things better. But for them to think that somehow us going, you know, stopping the uh, the burning of coal is somehow going to make everything instantly better is ridiculous. One, it will cripple our our ability to do anything because half of our electricity comes from it. And two, you know, it doesn't make all the difference in the world. It's not everything that burns. Last year, there were so many wildfires that burned in the U.S. that there were ash falls in Greenland. And that ash that has fallen has caused more of the melt in Greenland than the coal because the ash is actually there absorbing more heat and melting the ice faster. And those were wildfires. You know, if we're not managing our wildlands and taking care of our trees and taking down the beetle kill that's been standing for 15 fucking years, <laughs> you know, and leaving it up there to die and become dry and brittle. And then a lightning strike takes it out and we've got a fire that rages from Colorado to Montana. <laughs> you know, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. and those are the things that need to happen. And if they had let the beetle kill go down or if they had let reasonable amounts of forestry happen in these uh, forests, we wouldn't have had the beetle kill one because the trees would have been farther apart. We would have been able to contain it better. And two, we would have had money from the timber. <coughs> so I also think that you're adorkable. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Partly because I have never met somebody who has as many opinions as you do. For one. <laughs> I mean, I thought I had opinions about everything, and I certainly know a lot of people that have opinions about everything. You'll a lot have of to things. come to dinner with my but mom. But not only sometime. do you have a lot of opinions, but you have so much information. You are one of the people I have never met somebody who keeps as much information in his head. When I listen to all of your politic tick boom episodes, and when I, you know, sit here and engage with you on this show, I just am like, where? Sometimes I wonder if you're making shit up. Because you seem sometimes, to know something. Sometimes it's probably true. <laughs> you seem you know, to know something about everything. Either that or you were like in speech and debate for 30 years and did no, all of these what categories it is is or something. I, but you, you know, know I have about conversations that, with people about this all the time. With different About different things all the time. And I generally remember what they tell but me. But you also must secretly do a lot of research behind the scenes, which is why mm. you're adorkable. I read articles. Either that or you soak it all up from somewhere. That's the, usually... Because I, I mean, I would have an you know educated conversation about the environment too, but I would not be quoting all the things that you just quoted mine no, would be a much like, more like the beetle kill discussion the beetle kill when i moved back to montana in 2006 i noticed it mm -hmm. i was like then the forest didn't look like this when i left what did you people do i'm not talking about beetle kill we no, all know no, about it, the beetle kill i'm talking about all the other things you quoted with co2 this that the oh well thing. okay so that comes from just take the compliment thanks <laughs> I will. But that comes from, you know, one of the clients that I was working with. Uh, Did something happen? Uh, it's telling me the battery's a little low. 
but we're right. coming up on an right. hour anyway. One of the clients that I was working with, you know, is is the Subaru dealership in town, and they wanted to do a little page about the green technology that they do. So I had to look it up and learn it. And uh, you know, I'm see, looking at, at how they built the plant Diverse and what they were doing with it. You learn exactly. lots of things, right? And you pick up these little things and you go, okay, if they did it, why can't everybody else? They didn't patent the process. They're mm-hmm. letting everybody know. It's like, why not just do this? I do stuff? think that having a diverse career makes you learn a lot of different things. I mean, that same thing happened to me where I was working as a paralegal for, you know, lawyers who were working on energy policy and all sorts of other things, tax policy, and Mm -hmm. just basically what you're exposed to, you learn so much about. And that's why I'm so thankful that I've had kind of, you know, diversity in my career. I don't know how people do it when they just sort of do the same thing for a long period of time. Mm, I don't know either. Anyway. Because you got to keep learning. You do. Adorkable. <laughs> so, who's your next guest coming up on Politictic Boom? I did listen to I don't to know because uh, I haven't gotten Ellie to knock down and Jen a day. Gersky. Um, and they were awesome. They were so great to have on the show. And basically, any of the legislators, you know, even if I don't agree with you politically, actually, especially if I don't agree with you politically, come on the show because I'd like to meet you. I'd like to know what you're all about. I do have to say, though, that from this summer to now, you're much more engaged participant in those conversations. It might be just because of who you're, you know, guest is yes that's an iphone ringing in the background oh well Um, but like you know some of the shows this summer you were very sort of reserved because you were for one interviewing people you didn't know very well right and you could just tell from the interview with jen and nicholas that you may not have known him well but there was you were sort of on the same level and so it was much more of a conversation because you were getting fired up and saying all kinds of things that i was like save it for our show save it for our show but uh, anything in particular I think, no i can't even remember right now but i think with both of them like you were going on some of the rants that you go on in this show not oh, yeah. in a bad way but more like you were just more engaged like when you were in interviewing ken miller you were not like totally no and you and, were mostly like trying to create space for people to talk and i'm but not with saying candidates i think that was yeah. a better thing to do right with somebody that's already in office i think yeah. it's okay to go into you know what are you i doing also think you got tired of being quiet a little bit probably <laughs> uh, oh well so what do you have coming up this week because we should wrap up the show um we actually are all this equipment you see behind you this huge big i'm literally of stuff. surrounded by um equipment i don't know maybe i feel like radioactive right now yeah well you'll go for an hour <laughs> you'll be fine uh, just don't go near a geiger counter and exactly. stay away from the capital for an hour <laughs> um no uh all this equipment is hd equipment to do production basically those two boxes replace an entire production truck which yeah, is really we talked cool about that. That's awesome. so on friday the basketball games at carol carol is playing against um western and we're going to use all this equipment and set it up and do it in hd and be really 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 so now frazzled. it's like the last <laughs> last few days of making sure everything works yeah and getting graphics built and all that sort of stuff make sure that we know what's going on and then we've got um we're going to do a test game on friday at carol on saturday in bozeman Test game? Yeah, we're, we're just setting it up. It's not going out to TV. Mm. Um, the Carol one will be spinning out on the web. The, um, the, oh, the one at MSU. Oh, this is going to be TV stuff? Mm-hmm. This is to go out on Altitude. Now we have five games on Altitude TV. I don't even know what Altitude TV is. Um, it's a sports network. They're like Root. Um, they cover eight states. So that'll be really, really cool. And we're looking forward to that. But it's a lot of work. So that's what my week entails. Nice. What about yours? I don't even know. I'm literally like in one day at a time. So... Um, oh, this weekend, the Women's Policy Leadership Institute is happening. So there's mm. an organization called Montana Women Vote, and there's nine women's organizations that are a part of it. And we have a sort of weekend of bringing women and some men together to learn about policy and becoming more engaged. So I'll be doing that, and it'll be fun. But cool. But that's about it. Just legislature. 
Cool. Boring. Well, that'll be fun. Um, paint the Town Pink is Saturday. Might go to that on Saturday night. Don't know. Nice. And um, Sunday I have improv rehearsal. And that's it. Yay. That's my life. All right. Yours? Good? I'm good. All right. We'll see you all next week. So, have a good one. I keep saying see y'all. I know. Like, <laughs> if they ever actually saw us, they'd I be like, you. yeah. I no. see you. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>